Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com superstuff and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com superstuff and get started today. This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Hello, citizens! Welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. That's us. This is the show that stays on your left. It's on, I'm on your left. On your left. On your left. Today we're talking Captain America, the Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier. From 2014. That's only five years ago, and this movie feels old. Oh my god, you're right. It's only five years That's ago. That's wild how much has happened between this movie and where we are now. So much. That's... You just blew my mind, actually. Blew my own mind. We're not even a minute in. My mind is blown. On your left. Yes. <laughs> Directed by the Russo brothers. Yes. Written by Marcus McFeely. It's very exciting. Yeah. It's like we're starting to see a dream team form here. We're seeing the, the beginnings of what could be. They're laying a nice foundation down. They're going to build a monument to uh, box office glory, really? That's yeah. That's what it comes down to? More than anything else, yeah. And it's only going to take them five years to get there. That's bizarre. It's crazy. It's completely bizarre. And I, this movie did extremely well in the box office, $714 million worldwide. Yeah. I mean, at this point, they don't have any real snoozers, do they, from here on out? No. No, they really don't. And we're talking Ant-Man, and we're talking Doctor Strange, too, and the ones who people don't really care about. I think Doctor Strange is a masterpiece, but- It's so good. It's so good. Ant-Man's fantastic, too. I love Ant-Man. We'll get there. Sooner than we think. I know. It's it's all happening so quickly. Now it is, especially since what, Guardians next? Yeah. Oof. Flying through it. Oh, let's just put a two on the on the super stuff for that one now for music. <laughs> I think we have to. Oh, I don't see us going any other way with it. No, you've seen this thing before, obviously. About how many times have you seen it? Zero question. A lot. And, I, I couldn't yeah. tell you how many, but it's roughly, it's probably just shy of ten. And where does this fall on your list of movies within the MCU? It's up pretty high. How high you think in top fourth on the list? Maybe I don't think it's top four. No. I'm saying top fourth. Oh, the top quarter? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it makes my top quarter. Wow. That's way up there then. Right? There's 23 of them now? Now there are. If not, it's definitely in the top half. Okay. Well, that's dramatically different than what I said. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you like it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I like this movie. How do you feel about it? I'm mixed. You're mixed. I'm mixed. I've only seen it once before this, and I didn't remember really much at all of it. Okay. And then after watching it this time, I realized why I didn't remember much, because this there's things in this movie that just, nothing's sticky in my mind. Oh, uh, okay. Is that there's so many twists and turns and, and ways the story goes that nothing really sticks. There's a lot of a like, good, oh, you thought this was happening? Yeah, it's just a good story. Yeah. But there's nothing visually stunning in my mind. There's cool like set pieces and stuff like that, but everything's so brief. And it's wild that everything's so brief because this movie is eternally long. It's a long one, yeah. Two hours, 16 minutes. Just keeps on going. You feel it. You feel every bit of that two hours, 16 minutes. But it's fun. We'll get there. All right. What is this thing about? We start off early morning, Washington, D.C. <laughs> Steve Over Rogers. ready, man. It's so slow. That's the way we're starting, huh? Yeah. Early morning, Washington, D.C. There's no like big action 
piece here to get you going, to get you into this thing? No, Steve Rogers is out for a run. Cool. So is retired soldier Sam Wilson. Yeah, we meet Sammy boy. Yeah, we meet Sam. Anthony Mackey. It's pretty great. Pretty excellent. Cap's going to be on his left. (laughs) Over and over and over (laughs) and over again. It's kind of a fun way to form a friendship. Yeah, they meet. They talk about military life as you do. And then Natasha pulls up in a sweet Corvette, and it's time for a mission. But before that, they kind of form their friendship based on Sam giving him a note saying, hey, you need to listen to Trouble Man. Yes. By, who is it by? Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye. And he says, oh, I'm going to add it to my list. Have you seen the list? Oh, I've seen the list. Have you seen all the lists? I have seen all the lists. How wild is that? There are 350 different versions of this movie. Is that it needs that to get, many? There's that many. That's crazy. And there's also a billion different versions of this list, depending on what country you're in. Yeah. And it happens so fast, you're not going to read them on screen. You no. don't give a damn. You got to pause that to, to read that. It's the top five that keep changing. So the bottom five is Thai food, Star Wars, and Trek Nirvana, band, Rocky, Rocky 2, and Trouble Man soundtrack. I like that it's Rocky 2? Yeah, kind of question. Question mark. And I like that Star Wars already crossed off priorities. He totally gets it. But if you go somewhere like the UK, you get the Beatles and the moon landing and the World Cup final of 1966. If you go to Russia, you get just a lot of Russian stuff. Mm-hmm. In France, the one that blew my mind was that you get the fifth element. Really? Yeah. Luc Besson's masterpiece, The Fifth Element. Okay. How cool is that? With Bruce Willis? Yeah. Bruce Willis. It sounded like you did a- An Adam West? Yeah. That's my excited voice. I can't help it. <laughs> Come on. You know my love for The Fifth Element. Of course. Leland you know Dallas, my love for Bruce Bass. Willis. Do you have a love for Bruce Willis? I don't know. All right. <laughs> South Korea, you get Manchester United legend Jisung Park, as well as the movie Old Boy. Naturally. And the 2002 World Cup, which they just hosted- Mm-hmm. Soccer's bigger on the world. I don't know if you know that. It's pretty big everywhere but here. In Italy, you get Roberto Benini. Yep. That's exciting. Oscar winner Roberto Benini for Life is Beautiful. And Pinocchio. Let's not forget the baddies, too, in that, that group. You gotta... That live-action Pinocchio is a nightmare. <laughs> but it's on the list. It is on the list. And then in Mexico, you get stuff like Shakira. Shakira. Why not? Well, you know, why not? The American list that we didn't mention, I Love Lucy... Sure, at the top five, yeah. The Berlin Wall, up and down. They mentioned that on one of the other lists, too. I think it was the Italy list. Uh, Steve Jobs. Apple. And Disco. (laughs) It'll never die. Got to check out Disco, Steve. (laughs) Try to figure out what that thing is all about. Here's the stuff you missed. Agent Rumlow leads them on a mission in the Indian Ocean where a S.H.I.E.L.D. ship has been taken over by pirates who are keeping other S.H.I.E.L.D. agents hostage. Cap, Widow, and the team defeat the pirates and free the hostages relatively easily. And then Natasha steals some files from the ship's computer. Cap doesn't like that. No, she's got a different mission. Yeah. She explains Fury gave me a separate mission. So back at S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters, Cap's like, hey, Fury. What you doing? What's going on here, bud? And Fury's like, look, you live in a world of black and white. Natasha lives in the gray. So that's why I gave her the task. How'd you feel about that? Because this is what the whole movie's based on. I I can see it, because Cap is is pretty much like very, that's right, that's wrong. Yeah, but Natasha does very much live in the gray, but just about everyone in this movie lives in the gray. Well, that's that's the thing. It's taking a man from the 40s and plopping him in the current day. and and... That's what they said it was, and I still don't buy it with this movie. I don't think they did a very good job. Of portraying the 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 out-of-time thing? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And it's because they cut out the comedy element of the stuff like Blast from the Past with Brendan Fraser when he's on the bus. (laughs) Here we go! That? <laughs> You're right. That's what this was missing. <laughs> You're right. 
Russo brothers, they got to learn how to make films the it's right true. way. They're they got a lot to learn. Yeah. Tell you what, these big budget things they just can't handle. Fury comes clean and shows Cap the basement of the Shield headquarters, where they're preparing Project Insight. Three helicarriers linked to spy satellites capable of taking out enemies with little to no effort. It's just a big ship with a ton of guns a underneath. Ton of guns. And Not even arguably too many guns. It's, it's a shitload of guns. It's more guns than you could possibly ever need at once, I would assume. Yeah, and there's multiple ships, so there's multiple shitloads of guns. Right. It's three shitloads. At yeah, least. this should raise a lot of questions. And it does. It does. Fury's like, ah, it's you know, because of Loki and the Chitari attacks and whatnot. And Cap, Cap's like, eh, Seems like overkill. That's two movies ago, Nick. We uh we could have solved that during Dark World. Yeah, this is well. And then Nick went, Don't you fucking mention that movie. Talk about Don't it. you do it. Feige's holding the gun to his head on the <laughs> side. Don't fucking mention Dark World, guys. Not for another ten movies. Don't do it. And then then mention it a lot. Make it the most important thing you're going to talk about in the most important movie in the MCU. Oh, it was the same guys too. They're like, We're not gonna talk about it now, but but we'll, we'll talk about it later. But I like the scene in the basement a lot. I call it a basement, thinking like it's some small underground thing with just files. Right. It's just it's yeah. stories tall, obviously. It's, it's just like Shield's grandson sitting right. on the couch watching TV. But it's interesting how Fury is, I mean, he's Team America <laughs> at this point, yeah. where he's just building these massive machines. And Cap says, that's not really how this works. You're going to be arresting innocent people. This isn't Minority Report for the most part. He doesn't know that reference. No, he, he wouldn't get that reference. He doesn't get it. But Cap even said, yeah, we want to neutralize the threat before it even becomes a threat. Cap's like, that's not really the order we do things. No. No, it's not there, <laughs> Fury. So it's it's kind of interesting because Fury still wants him to play ball, but he doesn't seem to trust Fury at all. And this whole movie is just about trust. Trust. And who can you trust and who can't you trust? Right. It's an easy answer. Trust no one. Trust no one. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> so Cap heads to the Smithsonian to see an exhibit about himself. Because he's you feeling cocky bastard, nostalgic, or probably just to remind us. Yeah, about and only Bucky one small kid, movie. only one small kid in there is going to recognize who this guy is. Just doing the old Edward hey, Norton hat. Hey, is that's that guy, it. <laughs> is that the same guy that's over there on the wall? Is that, that his picture is everywhere? <laughs> Shh. But really, it's just to remind us about Bucky. Pretty much. <laughs> it's not like it's a night before Christmas thing. <laughs> like I saw you. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, you keep quiet, little Timmy, or else the Captain Boy is not going to get you any presents. Don't be a bitch or he won't get stuff for Christmas. That's it. So Cap says, verbatim. <laughs> then he continues his nostalgia journey to the bedside of a very old and ill Peggy Carter. She's really old and very ill. Very ill. They have an entire conversation, and then after coughing fit, she seems as though she's seeing him for the first time again. It'd be truly heartbreaking if it wasn't for not-so-great CGI. It's not so great. It's not so great. That's a good way to put it. I was like, oh, her lips should be moving differently. Yeah, and it raises a billion questions about future events in these movies. Oh, big time. And we'll get there not anytime soon. <laughs> we, but we will for sure get major, there. Major, major questions. But it makes me wonder if like Haley Atwell had a mustache that they were trying to cover up or something. Because it just Shwarma. Doesn't... He's trying to eat shawarma and sometimes and he couldn't because of snow piercing. Right. That's what it was. Exactly that. Haley Atwell, most known for snow piercer. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Very well documented. We're gonna have to do like Endgame in two episodes, I think. We probably have to, yeah. Probably even Infinity War, tell you the truth. I'm like thinking on it now because it's not terribly far off anymore. Right. It's far enough that we still have, you know, half the entire cast. We're not even in that phase but yet. still. <laughs> it's becoming daunting. Yeah. 
That might be a, a four-episode series there. An arc. For those two movies. If you will. A whole month dedicated to that. Fury is trying to access the files that Natasha got off the boat, but he's locked out by himself, which seems kind of suspicious. I would say a couple red flags. He's like, I don't like this. So he goes with the defense secretary, Alexander Pierce, played by Robert How the Redford. fuck did they get Robert Redford in a Marvel movie? Uh, he was like, my grandkids like these movies. I want to be in one. And he doesn't get a lot of chances to play a bad guy. Oh, spoilers. <sighs> well, we got that far. <laughs> Fury tells him, hey, we got to delay the Project Insight launch so we can look into some things. And he's like, yeah, sure. But Iron Man's got to come to my niece's birthday party. Yeah. Dance for me, you fucking clown. <laughs> <laughs> Redford's real mean. But in like a charming way. Yeah, in a charming Redford way. Yeah. Cap is still on his depression tour of DC and visits Sam. Remember from the first scene? Yeah, it's been so long. He's counseling veterans and reveals to Cap that he still loves to fly, even though he lost his wingman in Iraq. Cap doesn't know what makes him happy. Womp womp. Layers. This is our Shrek moment. Cap's an onion. Cap's an onion. I think he's more like a parfait. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, because everybody loves parfait. You're suggesting everyone loves Cap. Never been like... Hey, let's get some parfaits up in here. And somebody's like, nah, I don't like no parfaits. No, that's just, I don't like parfait. <laughs> Cap's a parfait. All right, fine. Fury's driving somewhere where he plans to meet up with Agent Maria Hill to discuss the whole insight thing when shit gets turned up to 11. At a minimum, I'd say, because you have all these DC cops, police cars and stuff like that. They just turn on him and start opening fire at his SUV. And his SUV is just going, hey, you got a shield? It's dying. Yeah. Luckily, his Chevy Suburban's got all the bells and whistles. It's a Fury mobile. So he leads him on a crazy chase through D.C., as you do. But it's brought to an abrupt stop when a mysterious man in a mask with a metal arm launches a bomb underneath the truck and sends it flipping. Yeah, this is pretty wild. This chasing is brief and wild. Brief and wild, um, I think, is exactly Because the it's right. just one straightaway yeah. that it's happening on. and But he hits shit goes awry. every car, and that makes it believable to me. Just because he's hitting cars? Yeah, because like... <laughs> If I was being chased by cars, I wouldn't be like, oh, I got to avoid all these other vehicles. No, but get the hell out of my way pushing them, especially if I got a super armored Suburban. Well, he's doing that, and it's still not working out. So anyway, he's upside down. It's and not the way cars want to go? He escapes into the sewers, some sort of super laser tunnel-y lightsaber thing. I have no idea how any of that works. Nope. It, it happens like... very quickly. It looks like a taser. Yeah. And then all of a sudden- there's a massive hole, in giant the, hole in, the, in the earth. It looked like the same thing that they used in the, the first Captain America movie, though, to pull him up out of the ice. So there might be precedent. There might not be. I don't know. Seems awfully convenient. Sure does. Cap seems to finally be done with his mopey day out. So he heads home and he's got a neighbor who does laundry. He kind of hits on her, but not really. He doesn't his way. He says, he's like, want coffee? Hey, you want you want some of that sweet, sweet? <laughs> do, do you want to use my washing machine? <laughs> <laughs> By washing machine, I mean these washboard abs. Oh. Get that Marvin Gaye trouble man on, and we could sort this out. That's not what happens. Not at all. <laughs> it's, it's, I think he's only- Yeah. I think he's really only doing it because Natasha was giving him a hard time earlier. Like, Well, I think Natasha is deep in a friend zone that she does not want to be in in this entire movie. Scarlett Johansson is making weird choices this entire time. Yeah. She's very- Bland and stale and stiff for being a flippy lady and kicky lady. She's very flippy and kicky. But it's almost, but emotionally. Yeah, she's just doing like asides the yeah. whole time. It's, there's nothing to it. 
Neighbor lady tells him he left a stereo on. He's like, no, the fuck I did not. (laughs) (laughs) So he climbs in through his own window to find Fury just chilling in his living room. He's not looking great either. That is a beat up Fury. Yeah, he's had he's seen better days. Because the place is bugged, he keeps the conversation casual while delivering the real messages via written text on his phone, but not like text messages, like a weird PowerPoint presentation. I kind of saw it as like heads up, that game where you put the phone on your head. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of what he's doing, where he's just turning it about, just like, read this at a distance. Read these small letters at a distance. (laughs) I hope the super serum gave you 2020. Exactly. It's like, hey, you know that game that Ellen DeGeneres came up with? I'm going to put this right here to tell you. Don't say anything out loud about what's <laughs> happening right now and take this flash drive. It's a good thing that Nick Fury only has one eye and that he had to make that font real big for him to read this. <laughs> anyway, Fury gets shot right there in Steve's apartment. Lit up. Bam, bam, bam. His neighbor rushes in with a gun because she's secretly shield and watching over Cap. She's Agent 13. Yeah. She calls into HQ going, hey, Fury just got shot. I don't know why he's here. I mean, Cap goes to chase down the shooter. The same mysterious masked man from earlier, but he gets away. Yeah, he's very talented. He's a very good runner. Great at parkour. He's, well, it's just kind of jumped parkour. off a building. Is it parkour when you just jump off a building and you, you're not shown again in that scene? <laughs> I feel like in order for it to be parkour, to qualify as parkour, you need to jump over multiple things of shit. You got to do more flippies and stuff. Yeah, and he just kind of is off a building and gone. That's true. We'll call it base jumping. All right, I'm on board with that one. I'm more on board than parkour. <laughs> At the hospital, Natasha meets up with Cap. Fury dies. Yeah, he uh, was alive. Then he wasn't. Then he wasn't. Before that, he was talking to Steve Rogers, and he gave him something. Give him a goober? He gave him the goober. And he said, trust no one. Trust no one. And I like to imagine underneath his eye patch, he winked. Oh. Because, um. Trust no one. You hear what I'm saying, motherfucker? Because <clears throat> I'm Samuel L. Jackson? Does he look like a bitch? Don't trust him. (laughs) If that's the case, everyone in this movie looks like a bitch. (laughs) Natasha asks Cap, hey, why was Fury at your place? And he's like, "Uh, I don't know. She's like, you're a bad liar. Came over, watched the game, had a bud. Sometimes you just got to chill with Fury, you know? (laughs) He seems like the kind of guy who just needs to unwind every once in a while. Yeah, that's the type of guy he is. So obviously Natasha knows he's lying. Yep. And then Rumlow shows up again, and he says, hey, Cap, I need you back at HQ. Cap's like, all right, I'm just going to look at this vending machine real quick. And he leaves the goober in the vending machine. Yep. Back at HQ, Cap talks to Pierce. Everybody wants to know why Fury was at Cap's apartment. It's a great question, for what it's worth. Right. It's like, hey, what was he doing there? And Cap's like, I'm not going to tell you. Fury's a homebody. He doesn't just do this, guys. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's not very often that Fury's dropping by for house calls. No. I could see him showing up with his computer going, I want to do a lad party of Counter-Strike, <laughs> motherfucker. There you go. <laughs> That's my Samuel Jackson impression, apparently. Spot on. <laughs> Just say whatever you want with motherfucker. Motherfucker. Yeah. You're right. On his way out of the building, Cap is joined by several large, tough-looking men in an elevator, including Rumlow. And then we get one of the coolest small space fight scenes ever. I would say, because Cap starts noticing these guys are they're too twitchy. Right. Like, this guy's hovering his hand over his gun. Yeah, this, this guy's sweating. Sweating. And I absolutely love what he says here, because he just kind of looks around and just goes, guys, before we get started, does anybody want to get off? So good. And then shit goes down. And it immediately goes down. So good. 
And then after he defeats everybody in the elevator, there's people outside the elevator, and he's like, well, I got to get out of here somehow. So he jumps through the glass onto the ground below outside. Yeah, just lands on his shield, and apparently that's good enough. <laughs> it's vibranium, right? So it absorbs the vibrations. Yep. I guess. We'll go with that. And then he uses it to take down a Quinjet and escape. Very diehard. What is it? Uh, which one is the one where he takes down the helicopter with a motorcycle? <laughs> Justin Long. Live for your diehard. That's the one. Yeah. That's what that reminded me of. Very much so. You just took down a Quinjet with a shield. shield. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the motorcycle he was on a second before he threw the shield. Nope, because that would have directly ripped off. Right. Live for your diehard. <laughs> <laughs> Agent Sitwell, remember him from other movies? No? You're forgiven. He basically calls for Cap's head. And now the regular old run-of-the-mill shield agents are like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Why are we going after Cap? He's a good boy. Right. He's like, yeah, well, he let Fury die. Or something. I don't know. There was an excuse. Know. Just believe me. I was a hostage at the beginning of this thing, and therefore I'm the victim. Right. Guys, remember me? I was in Thor, and I was in the Avengers? Nope. Still no. I'm a recurring character. You have to trust me. You guy's a day player at best. <laughs> Cap goes back to the hospital to get the flash drive, the goober. But Natasha has it, because she's clever. Yeah, she shows up in the vending machine, so all the bubble gum's gone. Yeah. And the little slot there, and mm-hmm. then she shows up and blows a bubble. I want to imagine, like, she's just sitting there popping bubble gum the entire just time, like, waiting. I'm going to get this perfect. I'm going to get this perfect. <laughs> it's going to be real funny when I blow that bubble right behind him. She reveals that she's familiar with this whole Winter Soldier guy that killed Fury. How familiar? She got shot by him. She did, because now she can't wear bikinis anymore, she says. And Cap's just like, oh, you must look terrible in him now. Ha, ha, ha. But I want to know how familiar. Does she just know of the existence of the Winter Soldier, or does she know who it actually is? She doesn't know who it is. Okay. She I just, couldn't figure that out. She knows that there's rumors that he's been doing this for 50 years, though. Yeah. Fair enough. And Cap's like, that's impossible. Look at me. <laughs> I'm 90. I would know a 50-year-old. We know each other when we're old. <laughs> this guy didn't move like a 50-year-old. <laughs> 70-year-old. However old he would be. <laughs> Started when he was two. So they have the goober, and they're like, we got to get the information off of this. So they go to the Apple store to hack it. You know, the thing that Nick Fury had, the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., he couldn't access the headquarters of a national defense organization. They're going to bring it to an Apple store. Right. And I even made a comment as Apple stores. They're going through this for minutes. And I said, there's no way that some Apple nerd isn't going to come try to set. And then right away. Yeah. Hey, guys. How you doing? (laughs) Right away, the guy pops up. I was like, this is strangely realistic now. This is good. Yeah. I appreciate all of this. Even though Chris Evans has glasses on and just a hat again. Hey. He's bad at hiding. <laughs> if a disguise works. Well, his other disguise is wearing Natasha on his face because they kissed. Because she said, you have to kiss me. Kissing's awkward. People don't want to look at that. And she was right. Yeah, naturally, they find out where the signal is coming from. Where else? New Jersey. Uh, that's where all signals come from. Wasn't that where the signal came from in Live Free or Die Hard when they met Kevin Smith the Warlock? <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm starting to see the parallel here. Might be a few here. And then they shut down all the lights in Washington, D.C., and they caused all the chaos. Because even at this point in Washington, D.C., Sitwell says all the lights are turned off. They're all red because we got to catch this guy. Right. Holy shit, this movie's Live Free or Die Hard. It's very similar, isn't it? Fire sale. That's, was it Timothy Oliphant? Yeah. Is that it? He likes that movie's to, not bad. He likes to point. He is very good at pointing. He does so many finger guns and everything he's ever been in. That's his move. You gotta have a move. He's the finger gun man. Yeah. I think the only thing he's not memorable in is Hitman. Yeah, it's because they took away his hair. The yeah. man has he's great really hair. really good hair. Really good hair. Yeah. 
He could do all the finger guns he wants in that movie. You wouldn't even recognize him. Be like, ah, oh, he's got a shaved Who's head. Who's the bald guy? Yeah. Is that Natalie Portman from FIFA Vendetta? I don't understand any For of this. For sure. So when they used the flash drive, it triggered Rumlow and his goons to come track their location. They escaped from the mall because of their great costumes and the kiss, like you said. And then they go to New Jersey. A great state. They go to the military training base where Cap trained as a little guy, like a real little guy. Yep. And they find a secret shield facility. And then they find a secret facility inceptioned within that facility. Because why not? And now things get weird. Yeah, we're layers deep in this movie already in terms of twists and yeah. turns and all this stuff. And the movie just won't stop. It will right. not let up the entire rest of the way. Now, this is supposedly the big one until the next big one. Until the next big one. Arnim Zola. He's back. You might remember him from the first movie as the mousy-looking henchman of Red Skull. Toby Jones. Now he's a computer program. Yeah, and he's just going to talk in his well, he's Swedish. Swiss. Yes. He's Swiss. His Swiss. accent. Saying like... Because Cap I, yeah. says he's German. He's like, no, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but he downloaded his consciousness onto a computer and rebuilt Hydra from within S.H.I.E.L.D. That's kind of his whole gig. It's, it's Hydra. It's a neat twist that I, takes forever to so get long. to. Yeah. This movie slams on the brakes just to give you a twist. Right. It's like, remember all that momentum? Stop. Twist. That sounds like a dance move. So then the whole place is bombed, and they survive by jumping into a yeah, hole. Yeah, because... The doctor man says, I was just stalling. <laughs> you Got stupid him. cap. Fooled you. Do you think he's still alive somewhere? Probably, because everyone's still alive. No one yeah. dies. No one ever no dies. One dies. Especially not in this franchise. No. No one's allowed to die. Captain America specifically, his movies, nobody ever dies. Alexander Pierce is chilling at home with the Winter Soldier. Uh-oh. The buds. And they're buds. They're kills, having their own land party in Counter-Strike. He kills his housekeeper. So now you know- Because she sees. Saw too much. Saw too much. Oh, I really wish you had knocked. <laughs> so now we know he's evil, even though we should have probably suspected that the first time Fury was attacked immediately after leaving his office. Right. But now we know for sure. This is a bad guy. Robert Dedford, right? <laughs> <laughs> Natasha They Cap- made that same joke and live for your die hard. Oh, you're right. Whoops. Natasha and Cap show up at Sam's house to lay low. Remember Sam? The guy that we've met. From before? Twice before. Turns out that his love of flying isn't planes at all. Nope, it's wings. He's got a set of wings, like on a backpack, jetpack kind of deal. Yeah, he's uh, he's going to be Falcon. He's a flyboy. He's Falcon. <laughs> Sitwell is meeting with Gary Shandling from the Iron Man movies, and it turns out he's Hydra too. How could you tell? He leans in and whispers, Hail Hydra. Directly in this man's ear. Yeah. So Sam calls Sitwell's phone and orders him to walk to a car to meet with his pals. Cap and Widow are on the roof, threatening Sitwell for information, but he's not scared because he knows Cap wouldn't push him over the edge. But Natasha would. And then she does. So she does. But Sam, like we said, he's got wings. He's a flyboy. He catches him, brings him back up. But now Sitwell's spooked, so he, he tells everything. He's yeah, like, as you do. And even says, Pierce is going to kill me. Yeah. It's like, man, well, how much more could you give away? <laughs> all right. So we know Pierce is behind it. Yeah, we know none of these three people are going to kill you. Right. We know that. Right. Because, but he still sings. But yeah, he's like, yeah, Hydra plans to use Project Insight to kill millions of people that would stand in the way of Hydra in the future. People like Bruce Banner and Stephen Strange. Is that our first mention of Stephen Strange? That is our first mention of Stephen Strange. I wrote it down with big exclamation points and got real excited. Pretty exciting. Yeah. Pretty exciting. On the way back to S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ, the Winter Soldier shows up with a bunch of Hydra guys, and they all fight. Cap does some damage to the Winter Soldier's metal arm. And then during the scuffle, the Winter Soldier removes his mask. Didn't remove it. It, got, it fell off. Fell off. And during a flippy. He's like, Bucky? He's like, who the hell is Bucky? <laughs> and Cap is like, what? He's you, you weird-looking dude. Sebastian Stan looks weird. 
He's, as Winter Soldier. That hair is bad. The hair. Yeah, the hair's got to go. And I think it's going to go. I hope it does. I think I think the reports have been he's got short hair for the TV series. They started filming officially as of last week. That's right. Very exciting. I can't wait. It's all happening. It's all coming up MCU. Sure is. It's all coming up Disney Plus is what's going up. Cap is like, what? And the Hydra guys capture our heroes. But not for long. Oh, another twist. Because and, inside the car that they got captured with is Maria Hill. It's Maria Hill. A she's, twist. She's undercover, and she takes her mask off after she saves them, and she brings them to a secret hideout where we get another twist. Yeah. Nick Fury's alive. And M. Night Shyamalan comes storming out going, guys, this is my move. Stop. <laughs> We're out twisting the twisty man. Oh, boy. Not only is Fury alive, he has override chips for each of the helicarriers. Hey, how about that? Neat. While having his metal arm repaired by the Hydra guys, Bucky starts having flashbacks to his previous life, from falling from the train to being recovered by Zola and being put on ice. It's like Bucky was a trigger word for him. Right? It's like, is that what they built in? <laughs> if anybody says Bucky, your memories are going to come back. But Bucky's by name. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> the trigger word. To Hell, Hydra. All, of this, all this brainwashing. Have He's... you not learned we're bad at this? <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like they like they jinxed him, but instead of having to like buy a Coke, it's just... You get your memories back? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they re-brainwash him. Yeah. Because that was a thing that had to happen, I guess. Steve is also remembering his past life when Bucky offered to let him stay with his mom after she died. Yeah. Just remember that when we get to the super stuff. Oh, I can't wait. Steve goes back to the Smithsonian and steals his old cap suit. And there's a guard there. It's a Stan Lee. It's a Stan Lee. And he's like, oh, I'm so going to get fired. Snap, not snap. Oh, he's getting he's snapped. He's snapped for sure. <laughs> yeah. He's getting he's fired getting... and then snapped. Yeah. It's going to be a rough week. He's going to lose his job and then get dusted. Five years? Something like that. Something like that. Still not looking good for him. <laughs> nope. Cap and Sam show up to the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters and Cap makes an announcement on the loudspeaker about what Hydra's doing like it's some kind of morning announcement for high school. <laughs> Attention campers. <laughs> And now the whole building is in chaos with S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA fighting each other for control. Yeah, you don't know who's who and what's what because they all look the same. And Right. It's like, wait, it's very, very we ate lunch together last week. Nobody says that, but. No, but I'm happy we don't really stay there all that long because on the helicarrier, you also have Cap fighting Bucky and right. Winter Soldier and, right. yeah, we get... yeah, and Falcons flying around doing whatever it is he does. Yeah, Cap gets the first helicarrier taken care of with the chip and Sam gets the second one with his chip. And then there's just one helicarrier to go, but you need to get all three because it's still going to kill like 700,000 people or something. That's what they said on it. Pierce is in an awkward position because he's trying to convince the World Security Council, who just heard about the whole Hydra plot, that everything's cool. I love the reaction that Robert Redford has when Steve Rogers is making his morning announcements and says like, oh, it's Hydra and they're being led by Pierce. And he just goes, well, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's <laughs> not wrong. Got to figure this one out now. From his perspective, he's probably like, ah, it's all going to be fine in a few minutes anyway, so... But it turns out that one of the council members is actually Natasha in disguise. A twist! Another one! Great! Here we go! <laughs> she regains control of the room from the Hydra agents. I'm exhausted right now. Just as Nick With Fury lands on the helipad. Yep, and he's all alive and he's great. He's in good health and yeah. walking around. Only problem with him is that they wiped all of his files and stuff and his identity and all that stuff. Uh, he can't so, get into the so system. So now he can't override it. No, because he needs his eye to look they, into it. They didn't redo his dead eye. No, got the dead eye. Another twist! <laughs> um, but as they're retinal scanning to override Project Insight, Pierce sets these electrified pins that he gave the World Security Yep, another members. twist! <laughs> 
And then he threatens to activate Natasha's as well. And, and she's like, no. But then she does it to herself. Another yeah, twist. She's a badass. And then Fury shoots Pierce and kills him. Yeah. But now they can't override with the eyeball stuff. Right. They got to count on Cap to get that last chip. Well, they could have just ripped the eyeball out. Yeah, but they probably weren't thinking. Just gone for it. Just really dig in there to that Redford head. <laughs> just pop that ball out. Wow. That's sweet, sweet. Oh. Really go for that yeah. phase two rated R Marvel MCU movie film. You, that, you gotta go for it. I used all the words there. <laughs> Marvel MCU f- film movie. What did I just say? I don't know. All of the words. All, well, we're talking about Robert Redford getting his eyeball ripped out. Yeah. That's how this should have gone. It caught me off guard. It should have been like, a, again, Minority Report with the Oculus Scanner. Exactly. Just pop it in there. Just pop, pop it Commit. right Commit. Or get one of your buddies from another planet that we know you've known since the 90s to become him. Right. Anyway, the Winter Soldier meets up with Cap. Storytelling is funny. (laughs) (laughs) Bucky and Cap are on the final helicarrier as it starts to lock onto its targets. And they fight back and forth, back and forth, until Cap gets the chip into the mainframe. But then Bucky shoots him as he's installing it. Shoots him a lot. Three times, I think it is. Something like that. got shot right in the ass at one point. Yeah. It's America's ass. Yeah, it's got a... Now it's got a bullet in it. Bullet like in Forrest it. Gump. Just, that's it. It's going to show LBJ's butt. <laughs> Just jump right up and bit me. <laughs> How great would it be if that he actually died in the scene and that was his last line? And go, <laughs> or even if Bucky ran over to him and said, like, he actually noticed who Cap was and he went, oh, I got to show LBJ your butt. And Cap just went, I know that reference. <laughs> and then he died. I got shot in the butt top. <laughs> <laughs> Better movie. I don't know. Sam and Rumlow are fighting too. It's not important in this movie, but Rumlow is going to get in some trouble. Maria Hill going to re- cross some bones. Yeah, something like that. Maria Hill redirects the helicarriers to fire upon each other, and then sure. they come crashing down into the headquarters. Yeah, not where you want to be. Sam narrowly escapes by jumping into Fury's helicopter. I said the forty-first floor. Yeah, they're not numbered on the outside, bud. Yeah, that's very sassy, motherfucker. Haha, <laughs> Cap and Bucky are still fighting in the third Hellcarrier as it comes crashing down. Cap throws his shield down. He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to fight you, bro. You're my brother. <laughs> so they land in the Potomac, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and Bucky carries Steve to safety before fleeing the scene. And that's where they kind of leave him. Yeah, and then we see all the S.H.I.E.L.D. people have to get new jobs because S.H.I.E.L.D. is gone. Maria Hill's interviewing at Stark Industries. Natasha's testifying about the leaked S.H.I.E.L.D. intel to the public. And she's being all cool and saying, like, you she's need like, us. She's like, yeah, you need us. Yeah. We, we go down this road literally every movie. You need us. I'm going to walk out now because She's like, you all right, us. so, like, you can yell at me all you want, but, like, what are you going to do, fire me? And Sam is sitting next to Cap. Cap wakes up and goes, on your left. And it's beautiful. It's a great little <laughs> moment. And Fury goes completely off the grid. Yep. Natasha tells Cap to ask out Agent 13, Sharon Carter, Peggy's niece. But her name is Kate in this. But her name, it was her fake name. It was her shield name, her cover name. But at the same, but this is the way I took it is this was confusing to me because I know it's Sharon Carter. But at the end when she's at the firing range and she's putting every single one through that bullseye and, yeah. and her name's Kate, I went, is that Kate Bishop? Oh, no, I never. Okay. That's the way I took that one. Okay. And it confused me, to tell you the truth. I could see that. But anyway, he's going to go after Bucky anyway. It doesn't matter. And Sam's like, when do we start? And that's the main movie. But then we get a mid-credits. Oh, yay. Hydra's all over the world, not just within S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. They're experimenting with Loki's scepter. And they've created a pair of superpower twins, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. That's not how they were born. That's not how that works. That's not how they work at all. There's Fox properties involved that they need to figure out. They might be able to retcon that. Ah, uh, that's a deep retcon. Because uh, those, those are Magneto's kids. Yeah. And then there's an actual post-credits where Bucky goes to Smithsonian. And you 
cute James Earl Jones going, remember who you are. <laughs> and that's oh. Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I guess there's no end in the title, huh? There should be. There should be an end. I don't care. This movie's long and twisty and turny. And so many twists. It's unlike any superhero movie you're going to see or we're going to talk about. Because that's true. This is not a superhero movie. This is a political thriller. It really, really is. A Espionage. lot of people said it's a lot like the Manchurian Candidate meets okay. like all the president's men meets Bourne meets Die Hard, tell you the truth, as we learned tonight. <laughs> Especially but Liffrey. It's okay. I think this movie's okay. Yeah. I think it holds itself on a pedestal. I think it's so different from everything else that people put people, it on a pedestal. People love this movie, but it is very different. I mean, it, there's no, I mean, there's action mm-hmm. strewn about, but there's also a ton of exposition throughout this whole thing, too. Right. Right. There's like a real plot to it, too, instead of some of the other ones where it's like, ah, I'm going to turn green if I, <laughs> if my, my heart, heart rate, rate goes, monitor goes <laughs> up. If it starts beeping, I'm in trouble. It's yeah. not because I'm angry. I just ran a lot. And there's stakes with the, the big machines that are going to kill half the population or however many they say. A lot. A lot of the population. Yeah. Interesting. I still don't know how I feel about this one. That's fair. And I th- I actually do think that Captain America might be my favorite superhero now. Wow. I sincerely mean that. It was Spider-Man for a long time. I think Cap is starting to Stern climb to that ladder. Eek ahead? Yeah. You said Marvel, right? I did. Okay. Because- I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this one's going to require digesting, and yeah, a lot of it. That's fair. I just wish that this movie knew what it wanted to be. Because, yeah, they kept saying political thriller, political thriller, yeah. but then where in this movie does things come back to? Like, when you have stuff later on in Infinity War and Endgame and all that stuff, where does this movie come back? Is it just the introduction to Falcon and Winter Soldier, realistically? Maybe. I don't or, know. Is there it's... really anything that's carried through? Like, yeah, you get Gary Shandling again somewhere, don't you? A I quick shot of him? I don't actually Maybe. know if you do. I don't think so. Obviously, Robert Dedford is dead. But what do you get from this movie? I know we're going to talk about this when it comes to the impact on the genre. Yeah, but well, I think it's do... important because this movie's held so high on everyone's list. But why? That's what I want to figure out. Yeah, because it really doesn't come back until Endgame. And even then. It's there. Don't get me wrong. It's there. Yeah. But is it that important? Is this an important movie within the grand scheme of the MCU? We're not looking at it in the grand scheme of comic book movies because I think it's impossible to do. But the MCU is its own set thing that you actually can gauge against each other. Not as a good film or anything like that, but how important is it in the grand scheme of the story? I think what it probably does most is sets up Steve Rogers' distrust of the government and oversight. In two hours, 16 minutes, that's how it goes. They got that out of the way in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, but they really solidified it in the last two hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they just let the clay dry. So when That's Civil War watched. shows up. <laughs> it also established that Bucky is the one who killed Iron Man's parents. Right. But that's not terribly important. Right. Really, all it did was set up Civil War. But even then, I mean, it barely set up Civil War. Because Civil War does a good job setting itself up when we get there. This just said, hey, you can't trust everyone. Here's two hours, 16 minutes to tell you why. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not trying to ruin this movie for you. These are just honest thoughts that I'm having of, I, I don't, I mean, this movie's totally fine. Yeah. It felt so long. <laughs> and everything kept twisting to the point I just went, I don't even care anymore because whatever I think now is I'm not going to think it in five minutes because that's the way this movie that's is making its rules. Ride. It's not fun. I don't want to be ahead of the movie ever because that's, to me, not fun. But when you have this many twists and stuff like that, 
you're just doing it for the sake of doing it. Like, it's a political thriller. I get it. How many twists do you have to have before you just go, we're going to stick to that idea? All of them. They put in all of them. All of them. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't ever play anything straight. It was always a twist. Everything about this movie is a twist. Even when, that is so frustrating. Even when Steve went back to the hospital to get the goober, there was a twist that Natasha already had it. It's such a quick twist. But to me, that's lazy. That's lazy storytelling. Yeah. Instead of just telling how it is, what if he went back there and had to find a way in the vending machine and he's not going to break the vending machine. He's a good guy. Even he stole a car in the middle of this movie and Natasha was in the passenger seat and she goes, when did you learn to steal a car? And he says, we're borrowing it. Get your feet down. Yeah. Like he's a good guy. He's he was not going to buy break the gum. A... Exactly. He was going to buy a shitload of gum to get to the back thing there. I just don't see the point. I said we put together a dream team at the beginning of this thing. I'm not sure we we're there yet. It's a slow build. This isn't a build. This is a twist of a movie. The twist is that you could just skip it. You probably can and get away with it. <laughs> and then if I told you Robert Redford is in a Marvel Cinematic Universe film, you'd go, really? Why? <laughs> even though I think he did it for his kids because yeah. they loved it. Even though his kids are probably older than us. They must be. Grand Robert kids. Redford is no spring chicken. This movie is on the level of long cons that like the sting is on. So I kind of felt like it was appropriate that maybe he fits that role better than we think. Huh. You ever seen The Sting? No. It's one of my favorite films of all time. All time? All time. That's high praise. Yeah, well, it's, how could it not be? Robert Redford, Paul Newman? Between that and like Butch Cassidy, Sundance Kid? Nothing? None of these ringing bells? You're too busy watching capes and twists and yeah. metal arms. Just, just really one metal arm. Just disappointing arm. Martin Scorsese every chance I can. Every chance you possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> how has that still not gone away? I don't know. He doubled down again. <sighs> how he said he didn't take the film Joker because he couldn't separate it from the comic. I would say they did just fine separating it. Sure. <laughs> I've got another twist for you. Oh, I can't wait. I'm I'm tired. I'm actually exhausted. They uh they actually wanted to have Phil Coulson be the turncoat instead of Agent Sitwell. I'm glad they didn't do that. That would completely ruin everything from the Avengers. Right. Right. But instead they killed him in Avengers. And then brought him back in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. instead of this movie. Yeah, why not? What did you think of uh, Cap's suit, the first half of the movie, before he stole his old I didn't like it. I thought it was kind of boring. It looked like just a sweatshirt you get from Hot Topic. There was nothing special about that (laughs) thing at all. It does, doesn't it? And then when he took the the suit off the mannequin in the museum, I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. That's my Cap. Yeah. Got a little more pumped up. still such a good-looking suit. I guess the, the first suit they took right from the Super Soldier outfit when he was director of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the comics. They should have left it there. Yeah. It didn't need to happen. You jerks. It didn't need to happen. It's supposed to be indicative of him being part of S.H.I.E.L.D. instead of being for America. And then when he goes back to the Captain America uniform, it signifies his return to... Sure. Whatever. Fine. You you know. I guess. You know what I was wondering the whole time? What? Where the hell's Hawkeye? It's a wonderful question. He's probably in the same place he was in an Infinity War. Just nobody cares. Eating apples on a farm somewhere. (laughs) I'd imagine that's what he does. Uh, He was actually originally supposed to be in the film, but they were like... There's too many characters, and we don't want to have Hawkeye here without any depth. So they were like... <laughs> yeah, because that would be the worst thing, to have a character without depth in this thing. Right. The so only depth like, we get in this movie is you get... Cap has way too much depth, because he is just getting introduced to, I'm in the future now. How do I deal with this? Even though we barely touch on it. Even barely. though it's a major theme in the movie. Yeah. We never go there. He has to find out who he can trust. He has to deal with the whole Bucky situation in his head, even though that's barely touched upon. Barely. Because he figures out that his Bucky 
right into the third act. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, that's... Well, that rolls over into Civil War. Fine. But Natasha has no depth to her character at all. She is nothing. Which is funny, because it took all of Hawkeye's parts and gave them to her. And that's fine. So that she was... She is nothing in this movie. That was her doing two parts of the movie and still having so little depth. Amazing. And then Nick Fury, you kind of get depth, because he tells the whole story about his grandfather... Yeah. At one point, and you're like, oh, this is kind of a, a fun story. But then he pu- throws his own little joke at the end of it, I guess. Yeah. And it made me go, was that real? I uh, just don't know. Apparently, Samuel L. Jackson's grandfather was also a an elevator, elevator man. man. So who knows if that was ad-libbed I or what? I have no idea. It's a long monologue. It is. And I only know that because everything in this movie is long. long. That whole thing in the S.H.I.E.L.D. bunker with Dr. Arnim Zola. Oh, yeah. It's very cool the way they did it with the old technology mixing with the new technology. It's pretty neat, but it goes on for quite a while. Man, this movie, just the pacing doesn't make any sense to me. When you get such good things that don't let up, and they're great because they fly by, but then it almost feels like they want you to digest at points, saying, oh, we just twisted a bunch. Now take your time and figure this out. Slow down. We don't need it. Put all the pieces back together. This is not a deep movie. Right. It's like, uh, don't think I need the time. No, and I don't want to digest. Fury's alive. Yeah, I figured out. Your entire diagram of this movie of, it doesn't matter what I think now, you're going to change it. <laughs> That's it. I think it's a movie that gets better with rewatches because you know where Not going to happen. I don't have a year of my life. This is a long movie. <laughs> I guess there's a scene where Hawkeye was supposed to be the one who was chasing down Cap. Like, S.H.I.E.L.D. sent Hawkeye after Cap. Well, that's what they do because didn't they send him to chase down, was it Banner? Or no, it was Thor. It was in Thor. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Everything blends together at a point. <laughs> but yeah, he was supposed to chase down Cap and then like lose him. But really, it's revealed. It's a twist. It's revealed that Hawkeye let him go because, you know, they're buds. They are buds. They did the whole fight together. Yeah. But instead, they, in they brought his whole part down to mentioning why Hawkeye wasn't there. And then they cut that too. I was going to say, I don't remember that even being said. <laughs> they really can't figure out what to do with Hawkeye, can they? And now Jeremy Renner's got his own issues oh, off screen. Doesn't he? And we'll see what happens. We will. Uh, Disney's already made a statement that they're not going to do anything yet. So I wonder what they would do. Who would you recast as Hawkeye? Because Jeremy Reiner may have not kept his hands to himself with a lady, his wife. And that's why they're talking about, oh, we got to figure this out. This is a tough one. I don't know. Kind of like Norman Reedus. But it's very on the nose. That is very on the nose. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like uh, Jennifer Lawrence. but <laughs> As Hawkeye. You know, why not? Kate Bishop. I like it. Ah, uh, she seems a little old. How old does Hawkeye have to be? Oh, I meant for Kate no, Bishop. No, I got that. I got that. I'm talking how old does Hawkeye have to be to, re- to cast? Like, what is the appropriate age for Hawkeye? I don't know. And what's the appropriate, like, mannerisms? That's what I really want to know. Like, which Hawkeye do you want to go with? Do you want to go with the version we saw in the Avengers, who is just kind of there, but he kicks ass? Yeah first to shoot let's not forget it and or do you want to go with what <laughs> they did in in hawkeye my life as a weapon where he's just kind of living in an apartment trying to figure out his life he's kind of sarcastic about every little thing because i'm yeah. thinking like would it be weird to have james franco something like that oh really that's out there it is out there but why the hell not huh what john ham you always want john ham i do i, I want... didn't cast chris pratt for once so <laughs> i want john ham in the mcu so bad not gonna happen It'll happen. It'll, It'll everyone's gonna give uh, it we're time. gonna be in the MCU at some point. Uh, John Hamm is gonna be our Reed Richards watch. I don't hate that at all. And all these John I don't hate that one bit. All these John Krasinski fanboys are gonna be like, ah, oh, but but 
You got Jack Ryan back off. I would also like to see him, though. Of course. Who? I mean, <laughs> I want everybody. I want all my favorites. I want all of them in it. Speaking of casting, got some interesting stuff here. Sam Wilson. Michael B. Jordan went out for the role. I'm happy he didn't get it. Because he's an amazing Killmonger? Yep, he is yes. terrific as Killmonger. Nicolaj Costa-Waldo went out for Rumlow. I'm happy he didn't get it. Yeah, because- Frank Grillo's pretty good. Frank Grillo kind of crushes it. Yeah. And I kind of want Nicolaj to get a bigger role. Where? Um, I don't know, maybe something doomy? Bigger? Oh! Oh, that's very good. John Hamm would be really good there, too. You think so? Yeah. Is Dr. Doom? Yeah. He's a very oh. handsome man. Okay. Okay. Just scratch him off once, call him a doom. <laughs> There's a whole list of people went out for Agent 13. So it's interesting where they landed. Because you had people like Anna Kendrick and Allison Brie and Amelia Clark and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who has tried so many times to get into the MCU and hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and the one that really stood out to me was Elizabeth Olsen. Well, she's in this, kind of. She got into the movie. She has one of the biggest parts in the MCU now. Yeah. So. So it's, good for her. She's probably like, thank God I didn't get that that's, Agent 13 do that role. They, do you think that they didn't cast a bigger name because they casted Emily Van Camp? Right. Who's not a big name. Not huge. No, but, but she's, not huge. She's not distracting. Right. I feel like they casted somebody else who would be distracting. You'd be like, why, why isn't Anna right. Kendrick on screen more? This well, doesn't make sense. Why is Daenerys, Queen of Dragons, or Mother of Dragons, in this scene right now and nobody's paying attention to her? Right. I'm happy they went the direction they did. Yeah. That's smart. I'm surprised that that character hasn't come back. She will. Yeah, she will. <laughs> Spoiler alert. She will. Give it time. Disney Plus. I think it's pretty obvious how we felt about this, or maybe it's not. I don't know anymore. We're somewhere I in the middle no here, idea. it seems like. I have no idea. Uh, what do you think people thought of this thing, Rotten Tomatoes 1-100? Critic or audience? Why don't you hit me with audience first, because we never do that. 80. 92. Oh, wow. Why didn't the critics thought of this thing? 80. 90. They <laughs> loved it. Okay. People love this movie. So they're both higher than I thought. Yeah, and on the Rotten Tomatoes top 72 superhero movies, where do you think this thing falls? 10th. No, it's 23rd. Okay. At 90. At 90? Yeah, and that sandwich- I don't understand that The list. sandwich, it's right in front at 24. Well, you know, let's go back just a couple. Because at 25, you have Spider-Man 2. Okay. Which is 93%, which for a long time is considered the greatest comic book movie. Yeah. At 24, you have Superman the movie, 978, which is a masterpiece. Great movie. 94%. Then you have Captain America the Winter Soldier. Okay. At 90%. And then you have Captain Marvel at 78%. Uh, what? I don't understand that one either. That's weird. Yeah, because directly in front of that is X-Men Days of Future Past at 90%. So- I don't know. Huh. I don't know how the system works anymore. It's broken like we are. I can't believe the 90s are all the way down in the 20s in the list. Yeah. Um, they kind of stay in the 90s from there on out. They get real high 90s at a point. That makes sense. All the way through to the end. Okay. Now on Amazon. People love this movie too. Really? Like a lot of people love this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's out a pretty well-received movie. 6,095 reviews. It's got 77% five star. Okay. It wow. only has 2% one star. Wow, that's low. Yeah, it's a problem when you're trying to find the funnies in that, because <laughs> there are none. It's a lot of just broken oh, discs. I was going to say, this should be really easy, because there's not many to read There's through. nothing. There's absolutely nothing there. So, I decided to go to the darkest corner that there is on the internet. Oh, no. To try to figure out something for this movie. Okay. The darkest corner being Reddit. Oh. Yeah, the darkest of the light corners. It's a dark corner. Sure. Have, when was the last time you on Reddit? Uh, maybe an hour and a half ago. And 
terrifying, Brian. <laughs> it's terrifying. It's like being under a bridge with trolls everywhere. Okay, that's fair. I'll give you that. There's trolls. I stumbled across a subreddit. Is that what they call them? Yeah. Oh, look at me. I'm with it. You're you're already there. And it might be my new favorite thing. Subreddits? They're yeah, great. This, this one. And this subreddit that I found is called Shitty Movie Details. Oh. And what it is is people made up fake IMDb details for movies. I love it. I have a bunch of superhero-based ones. Some of them have Captain America in it. Some of them don't. Okay. But it's the best I think I got right now. Sounds like fun. Because people love this movie. Amazon's not going to give us the goods that we're looking for. Right. Let me start you off with this one, at least. It is a Captain America one. And this shitty movie review type thing says, in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Cap says, on your left, to Sam. This is a subtle nod to the fact that he had been frozen solid for 66 years and was unaware that black people now had rights. <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> All right. I see the rabbit hole we're so going that's, down here. So uh, that's what we're going to be dealing with here. <laughs> okay. I'm not, picking up what you're putting down yeah, now. Not superhero related. The Martian audiobook is 653 minutes long. The Martian movie from 2015? Runtime's only 144 minutes. This is because light travels faster than sound. <laughs> that's dumb. I love it. Superhero one. In a scene from The Amazing Spider-Man 2 from 2014, Jamie Foxx's character triggers car alarms all along a quiet street with his mere presence. This is because the movie is set in America and Jamie Foxx is black. <laughs> These are all wow. just not right. Just not right. Yeah. <laughs> you see say. the difference between the non-superhero ones and the superhero ones right yeah. off the bat? Yeah. It's a problem. In Joker, the new film by not Martin Scorsese, Arthur suffers from a condition that causes him to laugh loudly and uncontrollably even when things aren't funny. When he tries to do stand-up, he has difficulty finishing a joke due to laughing too hard. This is a reference to Jimmy Fallon, who the character is based on. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Did you ever see all those videos from like SNL with Jimmy Fallon just breaking? Yeah. There's montage. You mean every it. scene he's it's ever everything been in? Everything he's ever been in. <laughs> How does he have a career? I don't know. Because he's charming as fuck, he's very Brian. Charming. That's why. He's very charming. You're he can right. get away with laughing when Will Ferrell pulls out a real tiny phone. <laughs> <laughs> that would get me too. Here's another one. The Lion King 1994 correctly predicted the entire plot for The Lion King 2019. <laughs> Who'd have thought? <laughs> That's amazing. Should have placed their bets saying, hey, we kind of know what's going to happen here. Just trust us. <laughs> About the whole Mufasa situation. Happy brought up Lion King before. Yeah. It says sex in the clouds. It all comes it does. back. It says sex in it the clouds. Well, it says SFX. Well, not so perv like me. That's fair. <laughs> I have what's known as perverted dyslexia. <laughs> is that a thing? Imagine that. Anytime I see sound effects, I read it as sex. I read it as sex and I giggle. <laughs> in the 2011 movie, Captain America, the first Avenger, Steve Rogers jumps on a grenade when the rest of his squad ran away. This is because he's an edgy teenager and he wants to die. Yeah, that checks out. Emo Steve. That's what it's all built on. That's what everything we know in the MCU is all built on. He's the first Avenger. They all he's just... like, I got to kill myself right now. Get out of basic. Yep. Skinny jeans and eyeliner. <laughs> Not a thing yet. And they're like, for men. Yep. Well, I'll give him the serum. My Chemical Romance hasn't even it hasn't had a chance to come back because they haven't formed yet. Right. So I got to oh. do it the hard way by jumping on grenade. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an appropriate one. References 
our last week's episode. While filming V for Vendetta 2005, even though it's not 2006, they boned up. Ah. It's the same Patty's movie, 2006. Right. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. Remember, remember, 14th of, or 17th of March. Sure. I couldn't that even, sound the I couldn't even remember, goes. remember it right. Nope, no, you couldn't. While filming V for Vendetta, Hugo Weaving was clean shaven. His character, V, has a mustache and a goatee. It was suggested he film his scenes as is, and the facial hair would be digitally added later. It's like the opposite of, of Henry Cavill right. in Justice League. Right? right. But upon review of the film's budget, he was just given a mask instead. <laughs> totally different movie. It's funny because he never takes the mask off, so. No, that, no. That could be true. We have no idea. You would get much more emotion from the character, for sure. Maybe. It's still Hugo Weaving. Still. <laughs> very wise. Hugo Weaving is very wise, I imagine. Maybe, yeah. In just about everything he's in. I know you hate he Lord of the Rings. He looks wise. Yeah. He's so good. He also looks like he's always mad about something. He's got a who-farted face. Yeah. For sure. Have yeah. you ever seen that, that uh, MTV Movie Awards thing? Was it Sean William Scott? And I'd imagine someone else. No. When he hosted it. And it was right when Matrix, uh, the third one, Revolutions came out. Okay. And they did a whole montage on it. Or maybe it was the second one. I don't remember. It was the Keymaster. But they had Will Ferrell, again- Played the guy who created the Matrix, whatever sure, his name the was. the architect. And they did a whole thing on that. That's great. Might have to post that, because it's yeah. fucking great. Didn't he kind of look like Colonel Sanders? Justin Timberlake, that was it. It was Justin Timberlake, was the other host. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. Didn't he kind of look like Colonel Sanders? He, yeah, he did, actually, completely. And he just started saying big words like, vis-a-vis, ergo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> From Iron Man, Tony Stark always presses his shirts until they are crisp and wrinkle-free which is how he got the nickname Iron Man. <laughs> uh, there's a guy on my floor freshman year of college who actually had a extreme ironing calendar with people who would be ironing in weird places, like on top of cliffs and stuff. Why would they make that? Spencer says weird things. A hundred percent that came from Spencer's. <laughs> now, Joker was an origin story of sorts, right? Yeah. But was it? Joaquin Venus chose this outfit himself for the scene to pay homage to his all-time favorite movie star, McLovin. <laughs> Show Brad a picture. That's, They're dressed I- identical. That is exactly the same. With the, We'll post it with the vest and everything. Yeah. It's identical. He looks like Aladdin. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> In Avengers Endgame, Fat Thor is the butt of many jokes. This is because Marvel thinks survivor skill and PTSD are funny subjects. <laughs> All of Chris Hemsworth's space scenes in Avengers Infinity War were actually filmed on Earth to accommodate the actor's oxygen dependency. <laughs> what? I You're like telling me Chris Hemsworth needs Chris Hemsworth seemed like the weak one there. <laughs> like, right. who's this bitch who needs oxygen? <laughs> Chris Pratt could have done it. Ugh, Australians, right? <laughs> <laughs> In Avengers Endgame, Rhodes admits to Nebula, he wasn't always like this, which is true. <laughs> because Don <laughs> Cheadle and Terrence Howard. Because <laughs> he used to be Terrence Howard. <laughs> what a deep cut. How wow. nice is that? That's pretty good. In Avengers, Age of Ultron, Captain America attempts to choke Ultron. This is because he is from the 1930s and doesn't understand what a robot is. <laughs> that right there is more development of modern age than yeah. anything we saw in this entire movie. I wanted like an Austin Powers type thing of like, oh, Mama Cass, death, ham death, sandwich. Ham sandwich. Something, anything like that. We sure. got nothing. No. No, we got- They just said, you were in the past, now you're not. 
We got him well, talking that's weird. to his old sweetheart as she's dying. Called it his favorite gal. Yeah. She still owes me a dance. See? <laughs> and now she's got dementia <laughs> everywhere. Steve? <laughs> this again? You, you died! You died! Zombie! <laughs> <laughs> that's a cranberry song. That would be a twist that this movie surprisingly didn't take. That's the only one I left out. Marvel Zombies? Yep. That's coming. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> that's the it's what if. not really coming, but it's, it's coming. It's coming. It's a what if. Yeah, I don't like it two. one bit. In Wonder Woman 2017, the invisible plane doesn't appear in the whole movie. This is a subtle nod to that plane being invisible. <laughs> <laughs> subtle. <laughs> that was like a gripe of people, too. Oh, no plane? Anything. Patty Jenkins could have gone like, it's literally in every scene. I just loved that. Right. <laughs> How good would that have been? I would have enjoyed that response a lot. Throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Captain America wears a red, white, and blue shirt. His costume. That's true. This shows that the designers of the suits are idiots, as these are the colors of the British flag. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Got him. The Winter Soldier gets his name from the red star on his arm, which symbolizes Christmas. (laughs) A winter holiday. (laughs) That's really the best they got. That's That's better uh... than anything we got in this entire movie. For an explanation to the Winter Soldier and his origin. That's true. We don't get anything. There's there's no explanation of the, the name or anything. How he got that way? Nothing. He got frozen. He That's got, it. He got frozed up. Artem Zola did some, some junk to him. In Spider-Man 3, in the scene where he's dancing, yeah, as we all remember, that classic, Peter Parker doesn't avoid stepping on cracks that breaks his mom's back because his mom is dead. <laughs> That's the biggest problem with the scene. I've always said it. He's being reckless. Just stepping on those cracks like That's why all like the girls are matter. looking back at him like, with that confidence. Like, what? Doing that? Breaking your mother's back? Ugh. With reckless abandon? The last one I have. It's also from Spider-Man. In Spider-Man 2002, Uncle Ben tells Peter that he'll drive him to the library. This is foreshadowing for the very next scene in which Uncle Ben drives Peter to the <laughs> library. <laughs> Uh, that is some solid foreshadowing. On that note, I think it's time for us to drive our Uncle Ben to the library. Yeah, uh, Uncle Ben 3.0, the the follow-up device to Uncle Ben 2.0, the randomized superhero movie picking device left here by the Ginger Skull in episode 10. It's really just we go on a random number generator and we correlate it to a list of superhero movies that we posted in the past. And then we figure it out from there. Yeah, but it's more fun to act like it's a real thing. It is. And Uncle Ben 3.0 has done a very good job. He has. He's way, way less creepy than Uncle Ben 2.0 Who was. picked movies with actors we had literally just talked about. It was terrifying, and we had to kill him. Right. I still don't trust Uncle Ben 3.0. But I'm not going to give him the chance to fuck up. Exactly. So we're going a different direction. What are you suggesting here? What I'm suggesting is that we go with the 3rd podcaster. And we're going to go with the spirit of Roger Ebert on the Roger Ebert Ouija board Ooh. to help us figure out the next movie. Spooky. So next week on the show, Ghost of Roger Ebert, what are you going to pick for us? There, and I can see Roger's fingers moving the Ouija board around. Moving moving around the little doohickey. What does the Ghost of Roger Ebert want us to watch next week? Chronicle from 2012. Oh boy. I don't even know what that is. I do it. I've never seen it. And I've always been curious about it. And that has a small 
cult following behind it. Really? So I'm I'm curious about it. Okay. I'm I'm looking it up on IMDb just oh. to make sure I got the actors right in this thing. It's Dane DeHaan. Okay. It's a flick directed by Josh Trank, of course, Josh Trank. Yes. With a screenplay by Max Landis, though, and story by Max Landis, which is pretty awesome. Uh, Michael B. Jordan's in this thing. Oh. <laughs> so, Ghost of Roger Eber heard us. Also, Michael Kelly's going to be back. Neat. It is neat. It's very exciting. But before Chronicle, let's give this thing a super stuff. Let's do it. Setting. It's Washington, D.C.? It's Washington, D.C. A lot of it is. So much so that... The Washington, D.C. Film Critical Awards gave it the Joe Barber Award for Best Portrayal of Washington, D.C. That's something, I guess. I'm, I'm assuming National Treasure won that at some point, too. One would assume. I'll go one. It's very Washington, D.C. <laughs> I, think if the, I think if the D.C. Film Critic Board says it's the best portrayal. We'd probably listen to them. You give it a one. Probably right. Style and tone. This one I'm, I'm having issues with. The tone is a mess because of all the twisties. Because the twisties. But the style itself is, it's fine. It's fine. There's nothing, nothing about it that's like, this thing. whoa, they did crazy stuff. No. It's... I thought the design of Falcon was fine. Yeah. Didn't blow me away. when Sam Cap... Wilson yep. was a little upset because he wanted the full red and white spandex. Of course he did. I'll go 0.25 on this thing. It's There's nothing terrific Horsh. about it. Yeah, I think it is, but still. Hero. It's Cat, man. He's the best. He is. And he saves, saves the day. day. He had to do a lot of work to save the day in this one. He beat up his buddy. Yeah. Well, he refused to beat up his buddy. That's just he, as heroic as beating he up your buddy. got beat up by his buddy. <laughs> we'll go one. I want to go one for this one. I think that's fair. Villains. I don't know for this because Hydra's is bad. Is it Arnhem? Is it, is it Pierce? I think it's Hydra as a whole. Just Hydra. But they're bad. It's pretty bad. But they're also real bad at everything else because they were somehow so secretive for so long. And then all, in the span of two days, they blew Just it. Just blew everything up. All everything. At once. Right when they're about to get their plan out, I'll go 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. Just in the sense that that guy, they came so far and just couldn't fit. Just, it was like watching the Jets or something. And it wasn't, oof, oof. <laughs> and it wasn't even that like things got thrown off the rails. It's just that they got too shady about it, I guess. Yeah. Somewhere along the way. Well, I guess once you get that close to the end, it's something's bound to happen. Where, like Nick Fury's like, why can't I access my own files? That's definitely a red flag, but why not just... I think they just got lazy toward the end. I would say. So... Go get Captain America. Why? Because he's, he... he's a mean man. You know, he did stuff. He shielded a, a plane at a point. Yeah. You know, shady. That guy from the 40s who's done, done nothing but good stuff for us. Female characters. I don't like Scarlett Johansson in this. No, she's she comes on a little strong. In a weak way, though. Weakly. Uh, Maria Hill she, kicks some butt. Agent 13 kicks it. some Agent butt. Agent 13's barely in this. Peggy dies a lot. She forgets a lot. Yeah. I'll go 0.25 just to acknowledge that Scarlett Johansson is the second lead of this movie. Yeah. And she does kick a little ass. She does. And she, she sacrifices herself, kind of, even though she doesn't get hurt. Right. That's not a sacrifice. Stay tuned. <laughs> Story and motivation. No. What do you mean, no? I got no on this one. I think the story's terrible because it's so I convoluted. I think the story's good. No, it's so con- I like I like parts of the story. I like how Hydra is behind the whole thing Yeah, as it goes along. But I just think the storytelling is so lazy. Well, you can't punish. You can't punish. I can, and I will, because story and storytelling go hand in hand. I think that when you start throwing in twists for the sake of having twists that you are just kind of trying to keep the audience on the edge of your seat. So you're taking it from story and tone? You can only punish one score. 
Oh, Tone follows the twisties also. I think it's an individual punishment for each one. The motivation, I understand the motivation behind Hydra. They're very bad. Yeah. And that's just the whole reason they want to be bad. Sure. Steve Rogers, he's good. Yeah. See how that works out? The good and the bad? Good and the bad. I just think throwing in this many twists is lazy storytelling. I don't know. What don't you know? I don't know that it's lazy. I just think they had a story to tell and they they took some choices. And they took their sweet time telling it. Yeah. And they wanted to keep it interesting the whole way through. And they they almost did. That doesn't make it interesting. That just makes it seem like they don't know what they want from this story. Are we talking about the same people? Yeah, they're manufacturing. Oh, I'm talking about them in this film. Yeah. I think that they used these twists to manufacture something that wasn't there. I direct you back to the Amazon scores and the the Rotten Tomato scores, though. Right. I also reference you back to what you said uh, maybe 20 minutes ago of, I'm kind of in the middle now. I don't remember ever saying I was in the middle. This isn't that great of a movie. I feel like you're totally wrong there. I think I'm totally wrong there, too. But I think I'm just that upset about the way they tell this story. I don't care for the twists. Right. But if it was told linearly, it'd be boring. Yeah, because I think it's a boring story. Exactly. So point five. <laughs> there it is. There's the settle. Music. It's pretty good. It's it's pretty good. Um, I like the intro where they reuse Sylvester's. It's nice that they reused it. Who's this guy? It's a Jackman guy. It's uh, Henry Jackman. It's, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Frequent Hans Zimmer uh, collaborator and no relation to the Wolverine. It's unfortunate for him. Henry Jackman. Right. I like his. Not use of music more than I like his use of music because the That's elevator fair. scene I thought was so brilliant done. It just used like these longer tones and stuff like that to build suspense. Yeah. And I loved it. I absolutely loved what he did there. That's interesting. This uh, soundtrack is panned quite a bit actually by music critics. Why? I don't know. Okay. But what I, what I read was that people don't like it. And uh, fine. <laughs> I was trying to figure out why because when I was watching, I was like, this isn't bad. That's no, kind of like was, how I feel about this whole movie. But I was noticing the music. Right. So I'm, I'm going to go 0.5 because it makes some cool choices. Yeah. It's nothing spectacular, but it's definitely not bad. It's serviceable. I agree. Impact on the genre. Yeah, that's the debate we had earlier. I don't think it's a big one. I think it really sets up Civil War, though. It does set up Civil War, but Civil War also sets up itself because Civil War requires an entire Iron Man in order to tell that story. And Iron Man's only mentioned here as a birthday clown. Yeah, but it's called Captain America Civil War. Right. But everyone knows that it's Captain America Iron Man. There's a big part to that Yeah, movie. but Iron Man gets set up in Age of Ultron. That's not even right. done in Civil War. You're right, but does this movie set up anything in Age of Ultron? Because Captain America will return in Age of Ultron, as it says at the end of the credits. And you get that mid-credit with... You do, but does this movie set up really anything? You get the elevator scene again, don't you, later on in the future? In future films? You get it referenced in Endgame. Right. And also you get Sitwell and Redford back. But that's... Or Pierce. Yeah, it's almost a meaningless throwaway. Well... Then. But when they show up, you know they're Hydra. So you're like, right. oh, I get what's going on of here. Of course. And Steve makes a joke about that in Endgame. But does this film have an impact on the genre? Critics love this movie. Fans Critics love, love it. Movie. Fans love that it. That has to say they something. A buttload of money. Right. Point five. I think it's pretty safe. I was thinking 0.5.25 to be yeah. just an asshole, but naturally. <laughs> Parents. We don't know. We got a reference. Oh, we in did the get movie. a reference. Holy shit, we did it. We the got mom a reference. died, right? Yeah, the mom died, and he said, Yep, she was buried right next to dad. 
And Bucky was like, you can stay at my place. Those are dead parents. Those are Those two are dead the, parents. That's a full-blown one. That is a one. How did that happen? That's amazing. Because they never mentioned Steve Rogers' parents. Right. Impressive. Right. They covered that. I was surprised while I was watching. I was like, did they just dead parent? <laughs> in, a, in a Captain America? Like, obviously his parents are dead. He's from the 30s, but like. Yeah, yeah. Good on it. One-liners. This is going to surprise you. What is it? One. Really? Yeah. On your left? Big one. It's huge. It's massive. It's huge. Not even that. It's don't trust anybody, I think, is really big. Yeah. And it sets up a lot of stuff I in mean, the future. I mean, I don't know that you can really attribute that to this movie, but they do say it. I like a lot of the stuff Nick Fury says, how if you want to get a step at him, you need to have both eyes open. Right. That's good. Pretty uh, great. Nice and snarky. Gentlemen, before we get started, does anybody want to get out? Very, very good. I'm, I think I'm with you. I think one is appropriate. I think it's fanboying a little bit, but what are you going to do? Hail Hydra obviously is back. I think that's uh, a thing yeah. still in this world. Right. I think parents and one-liners might have saved this thing and brought it back to a score that's appropriate for this movie. What would that be? That's a seven. That's too high. That's what I thought you would say, but it's exactly what I think it should this be. This movie's a five, five, six at best. Whoa. And this is a seven? Seven. I wish his parents were alive. <laughs> oh, really how dare you? <laughs> how dare you, sir, wish life upon his parents? <laughs> Man. That is what it is, I suppose. Winter Soldier is a seven. And you know what's crazy about that? People are going to say that that's low. Probably. Yeah. And those people are going to be wrong. And that's okay. Because you like what you like. You like and what you like. totally And fine. I like what I like. And if Dave disagrees, it gets a low score anyway. It usually <laughs> does. Power Rangers, man. Power Rangers. That's true. Well, <laughs> you flex. <laughs> you flex your, your birthday hat on that one. Uh, I had to put my foot down somewhere. It yeah, just happened, that was your happened to be in 1995. Yeah. <laughs> Ivan Ooze. What a choice. Yeah, well, you just wait for Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, where I flex again. I can't wait. I can <laughs> wait. I very much can wait. Or the 2017 reboot. <sighs> I hate us. I hate the show. I hate everything. <laughs> if you hate us, <laughs> just kidding. If you like what you're hearing, give us a rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Caped Podcasters. And you can send us an email, capepodcasters at gmail.com, if you want to say anything to us. Don't forget to keep listening at the end of every episode for the post credits. They are there on every episode. Every single one. Everyone. So we'll see you next week for Chronicle. Chronicle. Same pod time. Same pod twist. That's Captain America, the Winter Soldier. What do you think happens after the credits, Dave? What I think happens is it's a deleted scene. Okay. From this flick. Sure. And you see a fight on the helicarrier. There's just mayhem everywhere. Shots getting fired. Shield shooting Hydra. Hydra shooting shield. We don't know the difference. They all look the same because they're, they're, all wearing they're brothers in arm. They're all wearing shields. <laughs> I don't know how that works. But at one point, Cap is standing on top of this staircase and he's firing down, yeah, yeah, he's doing stuff, and then he puts his shield down and dives on the shield and yells, Legolas! And he surfs on Ugh. down, just like in the two Ugh. towers of Legolas. <laughs> the whole time he's looking at the camera, just winking. <laughs> <laughs>
You right. like that, Brian? You like that, Brian? No. You like that, Brian? No, that scene actually made me very angry. <laughs> <laughs> Captain America surfing on a shield. Uh, better. <laughs> oh, boy. Brian, what do you think happens? I think we cut to Sam and Steve in a car, probably a Chevy, since every car in this movie was a Chevy, just driving down the freeway, you know, going somewhere. Sam's driving. Steve's in the passenger seat. And Steve says, on your left. And Sam goes, no, you're on my right. And Cap goes, no, on your left. He said, no, you were on my right. And then he hits Haley Joe Osmond. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God, what's going on? And he gets out of the car, and it turns out Cap's been dead the whole time. <laughs> That's how this goes. <laughs> Twist. It's, it's a Jacob's Ladder fever dream. <laughs> Twist. And then, and then Anthony and Joe Russo yell, cut. And we pan the camera over to them. And they both remove their mask, and they're both M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, boy. <laughs> it just won't stop. And then, no, I'm just kidding. 